Welcome to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, bringing you honest talk, even when it bites. Now on 77 WABC, here are your hosts, Alex Alexanian and Brenda Bush. Welcome, 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 friends of our furry friends. This is Alex Alexanian. And Brenda Bush. And we are the hosts of Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, where this station, the most powerful um, over-the-air network station in the country, turns all of its its attention. ABC goes to the dogs. To the dogs. One hour. And if you'd like to join us today, 1-800-848-WABC. You can call in and voice your comments. And today's topic is canine vaccinations or maybe... Over vaccination. Oh, yeah. Very controversial issue. This is going to be a good show. Well, if you have a dog, then you know what I'm talking about. You have a- to get your dog vaccinated. I mean, it's it's a law. Absolutely. And, uh, and bad things can happen if you don't, but there are all kinds of issues surrounding how often, which ones, when to do it. We have some terrific guests, and we're yes. going to bring some uh, knowledge and enlightenment to you guys, I hope, and I think. But before we get into the subject of the day, we want to talk a little bit about um, there was a rumor last week, Brenda. That the rumors of our demise. Nasty uh, rumor. Yeah, the rumors of this show's demise uh, were actually much We had a listener write in and say, hey, what happened? Are you guys going away? Um, yeah, there was um, uh, something leaked over the airways that said that uh, the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour was going to be going off the air. And we are here to say we're that is not here. true. <laughs> we're still here. We're here. We're going to stay here. We're going to. As much as we hate getting up so early in the morning, we're still we here. We do despise that. Yeah. We do despise that. As a matter of fact, we're on three hours sleep tonight. But uh, nevertheless, thanks to our good friend, Dr. Kaushik, who I hope he's up <laughs> and he's as miserable as we are. Good morning to the Kaushiks for a wonderful evening with friends and family last night. Yeah, and, A um, little too late for us, though. Absolutely. And um, so we are, we're planning to be here speaking on behalf of the voiceless animals, and we're not planning on going anywhere. The reason this rumor was out there is because, as we've said in our commercials, this is... Uh, listener-sponsored radio. If you yeah. listen to Channel 13 in New York uh, for years, you know, they keep saying, you know, this... Just like PBS, this, you know. Just like PBS, Listener. you know. Listener-sponsored radio. So we need your, you know, your donations because we don't have great corporate advertising support. That was the main reason. And we still don't have great advertising support, So, we're, but we're trying to increase that, and we would appreciate any keep help. the independent voice of the animals out there. We're going to keep trying to do that. That's right. So, as we said at the beginning, rumors of our demise have been much exaggerated. Paraphrasing Mark Twain. Next week, there's a great event going on that we want to talk about. Bark in the Park, which is with uh, Sean Hannity. He's going to be there with his dog. It's going to be at the Planning Fields in Long Island. It's June 25th. And it's WABC that's putting on the show, so it's going to be a hell of a party. It's going to be a great party. We would absolutely be there. Unfortunately, we're going to be in L.A., so I can't believe WABC has one dog event of the year. And And look, we're we're going to miss it. I know, I know. But nevertheless, it's going to be, even without us being there, it's going to be an amazing event. Sean is going to be there. He's going to bring his dog, Buffy, with him. Um, You know, he's going to be meeting people. His dog's name is Duffy. Get it straight. That's what I said, Duffy. You said Buffy. Uh, Duffy, Poor Buffy. Dog. At 6 a.m. in the morning. You with insulted Sean Hannity's dog already. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I think that they're going to even actually have a contest from what I see here. They're going to have a contest to meet Sean in a private meet and greet and, um, and really talk to him about, I guess, his dog or his political views, maybe. Mm-hmm. Whatever you guys want, why don't you text dog or 67664 or the word dog um, to the number 67664. Um, and that will get you into this contest to meet Sean. And you can go to uh, wabcradio.com forward slash bark if you'd like more information about that event. Yeah, it's going to be terrific. I'm really bummed that I'm not going to be there. I wanted to be there and yeah, meet, meet lots of people. We were uh, so excited, and then we just we couldn't change our L.A. trip, so there you go. Yeah, that thing was set months and months ago. So it we is what it is. We hope they have a great event. Lots of people turn out for them. and. Right. We will not be live Tell next them week. Dogs in Danger sent you. <laughs> we will not be live next week. Well, we are live today from the studios of WABC 77 in New York on top of Madison Square Garden. And our number is 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. And, uh, We're talking canine vaccines, and we'll be back in just a few minutes after, you got it. after this. Hi, this is Alex. And Brenda. From the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour with a special message for you, WABC listeners. Our charity, the Buddy Fund, has saved over 50,000 dogs from being killed, placing them in loving homes across the country. Through our program, Dogs in Danger, we give a voice to the voiceless and raise awareness about issues and indiscretions in the animal community that would otherwise go unnoticed. However, as a charity, we are dependent on donations from listeners like you to keep the Dogs in Danger radio hour alive on WABC radio. 
We ask that you please look into your hearts. And if you support our cause and want to continue, help us make a difference, please log on to dogsindanger.com and make a donation to the Buddy Fund. Any amount you can spare would go a long way in helping keep animals out of kill shelters and informative programming on the air. It's up to listeners like you to help make the difference in the life of a furry little friend. So please log on to dogsindanger.com and make a difference. Right now, thousands of wonderful dogs are waiting for new families and animal shelters near you. Every year, puppy mills breed tens of thousands of puppies sold in pet stores or over the Internet for profit, while every day healthy shelter dogs lose their lives only because there aren't enough homes for them. When you adopt instead of purchasing a pet, you're saving a life and helping to end the cruel practice of puppy mills. Learn more and take the pledge to adopt your next pet at bestfriends.org. Together, we can bring about a time of no more homeless pets. Barkable Radio, the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on 77 WABC. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. We're back on the air, the dogs in danger, the dogs are ruling the airwaves once again. And today's topic is canine vaccinations. And this is a fascinating, fascinating topic. Um, and every single animal owner and dog owner is involved with vaccinations of one sort or the other multiple times in the, in the dog's lifetime. So let's bring in our first guest, and he is John Clifton, uh, and he's the author of Stop the Shots and an expert in this field. Good morning, John. Are you with us this morning? I certainly am. Thank you for having me on. Uh, thank morning, you for joining John. us. Good morning. So what time did you have to get up to be on at 6 a.m.? Um, not very long ago. <laughs> he likes to query all our guests on that issue. I tell him not to ask, but he's hard to control. I guarantee you I'm awake, though. Good. You know, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy that loves to share the misery, so I'd like to know how many other people are sharing it. Like, I come into the office and I see news people working. I say, oh, listen, look, this guy's been here before me. He's more miserable than I am. <laughs> Well, we we love dogs, and there's a lot we will, that's we right. will sacrifice, like sleep. That's there right. you go. <laughs> what we do for the dogs. Yeah, that's right. So, so John, in humans, you know, obviously, I mean, this is a given, but vaccine, vaccines are given to children in order to prevent the onset of some horrible diseases. Um, is it the same logic for dog vaccines? Uh, say that again. The same. I, I didn't quite get your question. The same logic. For- well, the same logic we we apply for vaccines to children. We give children vaccines because to prevent oh, the onset of bad yeah. diseases. Well, yeah. I mean, yes. The vaccines work the same in all animals, including people. You know. Meaning- right. I mean, the b- basic principle is the same. Uh, you know, uh, what happens when a vaccine enters the body, whether it's a human or, or a dog or a cat? The immune system puts up a, a huge fight because it thinks it's getting a disease. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, how vaccines work. So what it's really getting is a, is a, a, a maybe a, a, a live virus or maybe a dead virus or maybe an arm or a leg of a virus, uh, but it thinks it's getting the disease, and so it creates antibodies. It has these little antigens that go around in your system and saying, hey, there's an, there's an invader coming into the body. What are we going to do about it? And it gets these uh, little antigens to make antibodies. And the antibodies are tailored for the specific disease that the vaccine is intended to. I mean, no one wants their no one wants their dogs um, to to catch terrible diseases, which could kill them. So, what's I mean, and and uh, vaccines have done great things to eliminate some right. horrible diseases. So, what's the controversy surrounding the vaccines? Why are we even talking about this? Oh well, that's a large subject. I don't even know where to begin. Um, First of all, vaccines in dogs and cats are given way, way too many times. Um, and it seems to be a practice among many veterinarians to give booster shots every year, which is a huge issue. Uh, how long does a vaccine last? Well, the University of Wisconsin, for example, did a... Uh, I talk about this in my book, Stop the Shots. All of this is you know, compressed in my book, so it's very difficult to tackle this whole topic, you know, in even right. a full hour, let alone, you know. So uh, I would recommend that people uh, do some investigating on their own. And one is my book, Stop the Shot, is one thing that they can do. But anyway, um, when a... Sh- uh, um, so annual boosters is one point of controversy. Uh, right? that, yes, because, uh, as I was saying, the, 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 there was a university study done that showed that, for example, two very common uh, vaccines, which would be parvovirus, and distemper last at least seven years 
And yet a lot of vets are still vaccinating, revaccinating every year. They're trying to show that rabies shots last for the life of the animal, even though legally you have to get one every year or every three years, depending on where you live. The actual shot uh, lasts a long time. Now, why is it important not to keep revaccinating? Well, Well, wait wait a second, John. Before we get into that issue, uh, let's start at the beginning of this, okay? Um, Okay. You get a new puppy. You walk into your friendly vet, and Mm -hmm. he says... What about how much shots he has to give the dog and how often? Right. I mean, what does he say, well, say the, to you? The first year of a, of, a, of a dog is different than the rest of his life because his immune system at that particular time is still has immunity given to, from the mother's milk, and there's a, um, it's a very tricky time, and there are certain protocols for that first year. Uh, Gene Dodds, who was a, who was a, who was a, uh, a very famous in this area, uh, a veterinarian, uh, has a protocol that's been adopted by the by the teaching schools of veterinary schools and veterinarians and in that for the three main uh the core vaccines, let's say, which is rabies, parvo, and distemper, uh, there's a certain schedule that you must follow. Um, the reason is that the, the, the natural immunity that's built into the puppy that it gets from the mother uh, will actually interfere with the vaccines and sort of cancel them out. So it's, um, it, it's very tricky the first, the first year. A lot of people think that after the first year, there's no need to vaccinate at all. Um, I don't in my book, I don't advocate wait, wait, before, anything. Bef- I, I just try wait, to wait, give wait, the John, facts, you know? Before we go into what other people think, a lot of people think, as you uh-huh. said. So you're, the prototypical veterinarian then will say to you, okay, the first year is tricky, but we're going to give him these core vaccines and we're going to schedule it so it doesn't interfere with the mother's natural immunity. Mm. Uh, but after the first year, he, the prototypical veterinarian will recommend what sort of vaccination uh-huh. schedule. Oh, well, they want to, a lot of them. No, I'm not anti-veterinarian, so I just want to say that up front. They do a lot of good, and I've never met a veterinarian that wasn't, didn't, their heart wasn't in the right place. They love animals and so forth. But we must remember that 50% of a veterinarian's uh, business is in giving vaccines. So they're not motivated to cut back. That's all I'll say about that. That's, that's, you know, you can mm-hmm. say that word. Okay, that okay, so, now, but you didn't answer so, my question, right? What is yeah, he? I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get, so the, they, they want to give uh, booster shots for Parvo, for Bordetella, for uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, different vaccines every year. And so it becomes like the dentist uh, uh, sends out a card every year time to come in for your annual checkup. Well, okay, you can, you can go in for your annual checkup, but that doesn't mean you have to repeat all the shots. The uh, American Veterinary Medical Association, which is like the AMA of the veterinary world, specifically says in its, in its literature, I did a lot of research, I did a year of research on all of this stuff, uh, practically dedicated my whole life for a whole year f- to all of this. Now, and what, what did I research? I researched the, uh, the professional literature of the veterinary profession, which is the, uh, the AVMA, which is the Veterinary Medicine Association, the Animal Hospital Association, and the Association of uh, Feline Practitioners, and they all say don't vaccinate if the animal is already immune because it does more harm than good. This is one difference between humans, uh, the human problem and the vaccine and, and, and the uh, animal world. The animal world is one of uh, repeat these shots, repeat these shots. Who gets a smallpox shot to their kids and that every, they say come back every year of your right. life nobody. and get another right. one? Yeah, right. nobody. And they're treated as if they're very benign things with no consequences, but of course that's where all the controversy comes right. in. And so when now, you how get much a shot, how- when you get a shot of any kind, your body is putting up a huge fight. And that takes, that reduces your immune system, which is a paradox, isn't it? I mean, you're trying to build mm-hmm. up immunity, and actually for a certain window of time there, because of this fight your body's putting up against what it thinks is a disease, your immune system is lowered, and that gives a window of opportunity for all kinds of diseases and allergies and you name it to get a toehold in the body. Wow. And so, so it's really important to be careful what you do and what you don't do. How, what you, 
not to over-vaccinate. And uh, um, what I try to do in my book, Stop the Shots, is to give a plan for everybody that they can individualize for themselves because one size does not fit all. Where do you live? Do you live in an area where there's Lyme disease, for example? How old is your dog? Are you going to are you going to board your dog with other animals? Or do you go on mm-hmm. vacation and put him in a kennel or put her in a kennel? And, and we should then you be... don't need border teller if you're not doing those things. And so we should so be minimize, clear. Minimize, minimize. Go ahead. I'm sorry. For, for our listeners that you're not here today to advocate that people stop giving all shots. No, no. The name of the book is Stop the Shots, but it's Stop the Shots Until You Educate Yourself. That's right. the idea. Right. Educate yourself first, and then do, uh, uh, if you follow the, the – the, um, there's one chapter in the book where you just go through and answer questions, answer questions, and by the end of that chapter, you have – made yourself a, a, an individualized plan for your particular right. People really need to become more proactive in, in this issue rather than just accepting oh, what the they're The vast majority of dog owners aren't even aware. I wasn't aware of this when uh, uh, we got our first dog and it, it came from a, a, a breeder and uh, it had been uh, um, immunized and then we took it to a vet and they gave it the same shots again and uh, then we took it to another vet and they didn't look at the record before that and you know uh, um, shelters, um, and uh, I know you're very uh, involved with, with shelters and rescue uh, organizations and so forth, they vaccinate as a rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get a dog from a shelter, uh, you don't want to just rush to your vet and get it vaccinated right away. And you want to find out what 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 has, you know, you want to find out the dog's history of, as much as you can. So when people get those annual vaccination reminders, I mean, it seems based on what you're saying, based on the research that we did for the show, that there's very little science behind the annual vaccination protocol. Well, there is science on it. There is science. They have done studies to show that, the, as I just said, that it's more harm than good to repeat a shot. So the it science actually, is negative. Actually right. more, there are what's called post-vaccine adverse effects, right? So you're more likely to get those if uh, if you're giving a repeat shot that's not needed. Right. But but in adverse effects, right, they're measuring things that happen immediately. So if an animal gets a, an immune problem years down the road or cancer or any other variety of things that some people attribute to, to over-vaccination, it's very difficult to establish that causal relationship. Uh, it is. Uh, it is. Um, but there have been some studies done which are which are very uh, uh, eye-opening. Um, there was one done in England. I mentioned this in my book too. Uh, that was done that showed that. They well, I don't want to go into this. It's kind of complicated, but just let me uh, summarize. They 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 discovered that um, the they looked at every disease, and there was a vast. Uh, uh, let's say majority of diseases that happen when uh, dogs had just gotten the shot in the last, let's say, six months. You know, and in other words, they they had a uh, one group and another group. You know, one of those double blind studies, and and they actually uh, came up with something there that actually shows that vaccines do have a negative effect on on their dog's health for all kinds of diseases. John, how much do these uh, these booster shots typically cost? Well, it varies from uh, one uh, one uh, veterinarian to another, but uh, it, it costs the vet very little. It costs the vet about less than, like in two digits, like, you know, eight dollars <laughs> some two and how, mu- and how much does he uh, typically you, charge sometime, typically one well it depends on what your area is but some places you can go in and get let's say a hundred dollars two hundred dollars for your annual shots so he costs him ten bucks the whole package and he charges right the actual bucks. shot i mean i've seen ranges anywhere from thirty five dollars up to fifty five for an individual yes, shot right, but then but you have to but of course they're not going to see you without without also charging for the office visit and and, and you get an exam. office visit too right maybe right. you're yeah. doing some you know some blood testing uh, so, so, so it all kind of adds adds together, you know, and and mm-hmm. it goes into that. Hey, so, it's time for your annual vaccination message. Right. right. Um, one thing, I, I, are you aware of of titers and what that is? Well, that was actually one of the questions we wanted to talk to you about. So. Uh-huh. No, why don't you tell us what titers is? Well, titers are tests which you can give to an animal or a person or anything uh, to determine if immunity is still present. Mm-hmm. So if you go into a, 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 a vet's office and he says, well, we're going to give you Parvo and we're going to give you Bordetella and we're going to give you this and that and the other. So, and if you say, well, I want to see if the dog is still immune to these. So instead of a shot, you would like a titers test. 
Yeah, but that's and going to cost as a, much, or is that going to cost them less? Well, it, it, some, it costs maybe comparable to the shots. Right now, I've just learned of a new uh, Titers um, uh, product that is coming out that I've been made aware of. I can't recall the name of it, but it'll be happening, and it'll be much cheaper because up to now, doctors have to send uh, the, the blood of the animal out to a lab to have it analyzed. And uh, this new uh, thing is, is, is just one of these cards, you know, you dip it in the blood and it shows you the three core vaccines and if the dog or the cat is immune. Uh, wow, that's the idea cool. is the titer that, test that can been... do it right in the office in, within one hour wow. and it's, it's like $20. That would be great because titers wow. have been very slow to catch on in the veterinary community. Right, but they, they, they're worth the money uh, because it, it's 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 better to spend a few extra bucks and make sure that you're not doing damage to your dog. So you're, you're, right. so you're, actually, you're actually saying that these vaccines that often are recommended, especially the booster, blah, 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 all the uh-huh. way down, are actually possibly causing more damage to the dog than helping the dog. Bingo. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you could be hurting the animal that you love and you cherish so much. While you're thinking, while you're spending a ton of money, thinking you're doing while right you're thing. thinking you're right. doing a really good thing to your dog so Absolute, that he lives longer. Absolutely. And that's the, what you just described is most dog owners, the vast majority. There are a few who are doing their homework and, and finding out, you know, about shots and the dangers of them. But the vast majority just think like, when I first got a wow. dog, we didn't know, we didn't know anything. Yeah, and I still didn't know. dog got cancer. And he, he got lymphoma. And uh, we, we were told he only had a year to live. Long story short, he, he went through a whole series of chemo and holistic things. and We got him out of it, and he was one of the 5% that uh, um, that survived. And he lived in, he got it when he was 5. He lived till he was 14 and a half. That's wow. Yeah. But, but That's when good. he was done with the chemo se- uh, series, in those days it was about a, a year of chemo. Nowadays they don't do quite so much, and, you know, a little bit. But anyway, the his oncologist said, now, from the rest of his life, you're not to give him any vaccinations. And I, I was stunned by this. I said, well, how are we going to protect him against it? No vaccinations. Nothing. And we followed that. And he never had another vaccination the rest of his life. And, as I said, lived even having him. And that's what got me interested in this whole thing and why mm-hmm. I wrote the mm-hmm. book, Stop the Shots, because... I wondered why he said that, and I, then I started wondering, maybe our dog, whose name was Sparky, I said, maybe, and there's a book about Sparky, too. That was our first book, Sparky Fights Back. It's a, um, we, 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 you know, we told this whole story and so forth. My wife and I, my wife is a, is a writer, writer. I'm just, I'm sort of, you know, do what I do. But, uh, we, uh, we said, why did he get, to, why did he get this cancer? And we, when we looked in his history, we saw that he was over vaccinated as a puppy. Um, some of it was our fault and some of it was, you know, people who should have known better. And, and that's what got me whole wow. started. And then we, then we had a website and we, we still have, and people wrote in uh, suggesting that maybe vaccines were, you know, a culprit here. And that's what got me interested now, in writing I, I, the book. Now, be, before we have to cut to a break, John, sure. I want to focus one more time on something you, you threw out there. Mm-hmm. You said that 50, 50% of a typical veterinarian's profit may be coming from vaccine shots. Is that maybe. accurate? That's, that's documented. That's uh, that's the business, American business, veterinary business statistic. That's so where's the not, incentive? Where's the incentive for them to vaccinate Well, wait, wait, wait. Us? So what you're telling me is that for a veterinarian to follow the proper approach to vaccination, he would have to go pretty much bankrupt. Well, because fifty percent loss of your income, you're done. Well, they have he to could, find he, other ways. He could. There are other things. I mean, titers. They make money on titers tests. Uh, Twenty which bucks. Are a little more cumbersome for them to do. It's much more, uh, you know, handy for them. There's less time, maybe, to give you know shots. And a lot of the shots call it. They come in what they call multivalent doses, which you get two, three, four, five, sometimes even six shots in one. Oh. In one injection, and you should avoid those. Of all, I've talked about those and stop the shots too. I mean, it's a, wow. uh, it's uh, there are commercial chains. Uh, I won't mention any names, but uh, you can go there on Saturday, and they'll give you low cost vaccinations. Yeah, quote five in one, low cost. I've, yeah. I've had yeah. two people come up to me 
and book signings and separate occasions. And one said their dog dropped dead right after they got this uh, uh, vaccine, which was five. And then they give you a rabies shot at the end of it. Can you imagine? And your body is is fighting against all about six diseases at once. That's like the dessert after the meal, right? Right. Except it kills you. 24 hours. Except it kills you, yeah. Uh, John, we're going to have to cut for a break. We are past the half hour. uh, You'll want to stick around, John, and listen to the second half half of the show. We're going to have Dr. Ronald Schultz joining us. Oh, very so, good. Uh, so it's going to be a fascinating discussion. And we'll okay. be back with him. And thank you, John. You certainly opened my eye today, which only had three hours sleep, I want you to know. <laughs> okay. Thank you, John. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, okay. Alex. And Brenda from the Dogs in Danger radio show. Do you love dogs as much as we do? Then we hope you'll join Sean Hannity and other dog lovers for 77 WABC's Bark in the Park on Saturday, June 25th. It's at the Planting Fields on Long Island. A free four-legged festival with doggy demonstrations, products, a dog owner, look-alike contest, and much more. Maybe even adopt a new best friend. It's Bark in the Park with Sean Hannity, June 25th on Long Island. Details at wabcradio.com slash bark. Right now, thousands of wonderful dogs are in shelters waiting for families. Meanwhile, puppy mills breed tens of thousands of puppies each year to be sold in pet stores or over the Internet for profit. Dogs in puppy mills never feel the touch of a kind hand or grass under their paws. They're forced to have litter after litter to produce puppies for sale in pet stores at high prices. At the same time, many dogs lose their lives in shelters because people choose to buy rather than adopt their pet. Best Friends is working with you and with Humane groups all across the country to bring about a time when every animal has a loving home and there are no more homeless pets. Through their puppy mill incentive, thousands of dogs have been rescued from lives of suffering and have become part of loving families. And you can help save even more. Text the word DOG to 90999 to give $5 to Best Friends Animal Society and help save the life of a puppy mill dog. Together, we can make the dream of no more homeless pets come true. Message and data rates may apply. Throw your dog a bone. Let him listen to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on 77 WABC. Back to Alex and Brenda. Well, we're back. That was an eye-opener of a discussion. Every single pet owner that I've ever known, including this one... Had no idea. Had no idea and takes the dog in and gets Can the, I the dog say, vaccinated 150,000 times. I've been trying times. to educate you for the last five years unsuccessfully. This is what happens when you have a very thick skull. <laughs> yeah, apparently. You know, information doesn't get in, nothing gets out. Um, let me introduce Dr. Before we segue yes, off, let me introduce Dr. Ronald Schultz. He's been holding on the phone and listening to the conversation. Uh, Dr. Schultz, are you with us this morning? I am. Good morning. Good and, morning. And let's say, uh, Dr. Schultz is professor and chair of the Department of Pathobiological Sciences at University of Wisconsin-Madison School of Veterinary Medicine. That's a mouthful. And, and the foremost veterinarian immunologist, one of the foremost in the world. So we're very privileged to have him here as part of this discussion. Well, that's, it's an honor, Dr. Schultz. And I, I've, got a, I've got a humdinker of a question for you. Does more equal better when it comes to dog vaccines or animal vaccines? Uh, is dependent on the vaccine, and I think the discussion uh, that you just had with John was a very good one in that there are certain vaccines that really don't need to be given uh, annually, and the core vaccines, the ones that every dog should receive, they happen to be the ones that don't need to be given every year. I often... uh, tell both veterinarians and dog owners that the uh, distemper, parvo, and adeno are the MMRs of the puppy world. And MMR, of course, stands for measles, mumps, and rubella Mm -hmm. of the human world. And they are three of the core vaccines. The fourth core vaccine for the dog is rabies. And I know this isn't a cat show, but there happens to be four core vaccines for the cat as well. Uh, it's a parvo, a calicea herpes, and a rabies. And you say core because they're considered ones that all dogs should have. Correct. And you're there saying, is- let, me, let me clarify this then, um, Dr. Schultz. Um, you're saying that these core vaccines should be given. It may be a little tricky on the timing that John talked about immunity from the mother and stuff. But let's say b- between you and your doctor, you can figure out how to give these core vaccines at the right time, at the right place. And then you don't need to do it ever again. However, contrary to that knowledge, 
uh, the veterinarian will recommend that you come back every single year for booster shots of all of these vaccines. Am I correct in that? That's correct. And uh, they're not recommending necessarily for the core vaccines. There's a group of non-core vaccines and all of those non-core vaccines, when required for your puppy or your kitten, must be given on an annual basis because the duration of the immunity to those particular vaccines is just one year. And so that's that's where it gets you complicated. You want to make sure your dog is getting on an annual basis and that they're not getting the the uh, core vaccines that have a longer duration of immunity. And as uh, Brenda indicated at the beginning of this session, uh, we've demonstrated a minimum duration of immunity for those core distemper parvoadenos of uh, seven years. So the American Animal Hospital Association's vaccine task force is the group that recommends for the dog and the American Association of Feline Practitioners for the cat and the so-called AHA guidelines for the dog recommends the series of core vaccines as a puppy that's required to get the animal immune again at a year and then not more often than every three years and that's exactly what they recommend for the cat as well with the core vaccines. But what you're saying is the science for the core is actually that immunity lasts a whole lot yeah, longer. Yeah, I mean, what John was yes, saying is the, that you don't need to ever do it again. The science uh, really la- uh, demonstrates that uh, we have at least seven years duration of immunity. And, at and least. What that says, at least. Yeah, at least. What that says, that's the minimum duration of immunity. What that says in the the life of that uh, vaccine and the life of the dog, when you're talking about seven years, even though the average dog could live twice that long, you're saying that it probably is for the life of the animal. Mm, for the, and so, so how let, come? Let me ask you an economic question for a second, Dr. Schultz. Um, John mentioned, and he was quite emphatic on this issue, that uh, veterinarians receive as much as 50% or more of their income from these, um, you know, core vaccines being reapplied and booster shots and stuff like that. It's a, it's a major part of their income. Um, we know we need, we love our veterinarians. We need them. You know, they're absolutely necessary for our animals uh, for life and on Earth. Um, how do you... St- how do you tie in and balance the two sides? Because if the world goes and discovers that you don't need these booster shots, you're looking at a significant hit to the veterinarian's bottom line. Without their bottom line, they're not going to be in business. So how do you balance these? I mean, on one hand, you're going to give the veterinarian money, but kill the dog. On the other hand, kill the dog healthy and kill the veterinarian business-wise. Where's the solution? Yeah, it's a little bit misleading because... In fact, it's not 50% of their income. What we're really looking at, the thing that's absolutely essential for the dog, and of course this is part of preventive medicine for all species, including humans, is the recommendation to have an annual checkup. And it's particularly important for a dog and cat because the life of that animal, as I mentioned earlier, is probably somewhere around 15 years, depending on the individual breed, the individual animal, and that might be 15 years plus or minus about three years. And it's really that uh, that annual uh, visit that's so important. It's not that important that they receive a vaccine every year. And one of the things, of course, we're trying to... Um, prevent from happening is a vaccine is given when it's not, you know, really necessary. And and we can certainly demonstrate that the core vaccines aren't required every year. In fact, every state in the United States now, and there's only one vaccine that's actually required for dogs in every state of the United States and that happens to be rabies. The rest of the vaccines, there is no 
mandatory requirement. So well, legal uh, requirement applies only to rabies. Right. So what you're saying is that um, the economic welfare of the veterinarian is best served by having um, having annual exams, not yes. necessary, and that can replace the income loss from these shots. And if people just understand that this is a win-win on both sides, the, the the veterinarian stays in business, and your dog lives longer because he gets an annual checkup, and he, they find out things that are. Or, and don't over-vaccinate him. Don't use the vaccination as an excuse to get in the door to veterinarian. Is what you're saying? That's uh, that's absolutely correct, and that's I I speak to thousands of veterinarians every year uh, about vaccination, and uh, this is something that uh, is very important for the dog owner to understand. The veterinarian really cares as much about their dog as they do, and this is not just to make money. This is to try and uh, maintain a healthy animal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, now, what we're, what we're uh, emphasizing uh, two veterinarians, unfortunately, for many, many years, we tied that annual visit to vaccination. To the boosters, yeah. And that's not what we really want to emphasize with regard to the annual visits. And so dog and cat owners should know and should be, feel very comfortable and very fortunate if they have a veterinarian that doesn't recommend vaccines every year that they take their animal for an annual visit. Especially the core vaccines. That's correct. The core vaccines is what you're talking about. Let's talk about rabies for a minute. Now, rabies is required in all 50 states. And rabies is an absolute requirement while it's a puppy, right? It's one of the core vaccines, the fourth, I think, vaccine you you mentioned. Now, it's deadly disease and communicable to humans and and nasty, nasty disease. It's a terrible disease. From a public health standpoint, that is the most critical vaccine that your dog and cat get. So it's a public health requirement. And now, ev- everything that I've seen says that once you get the, once the puppy gets the rabies vaccine, he's pretty much immunized for life. However... No, that's, not, that's not true for rabies. No? No. We have really, at this point, no studies that really demonstrate, and there's no rabies vaccine licensed for more than three years. The studies have been done, and these studies require uh, that dogs be vaccinated, and then at whatever period of time you want to demonstrate that that vaccine is good for, and most of the vaccines initially were tested a year later, and that would be a one-year rabies vaccine. Then about 20 years ago, many of the companies started developing longer-duration vaccines, and so the longest-duration rabies vaccine we have now that is required to be tested by the USDA Center for Veterinary Biologics, the longest-duration of immunity vaccine that we have out there is a three-year vaccine. With one exception, about three years ago, one of the companies actually demonstrated that their feline rabies vaccine, now you must keep in mind that this is feline, it's mm-hmm. not for yeah. the dog, sure. was four years. Okay, so, so that's the regulations and that's what the states all follow. Now, let me ask you another question. I know a lot of people that feel that, um, you know, applying a... Uh, to an older dog, especially an older dog, a rabies vacuum vaccine is quite negative. Um, do you feel that there is adverse effects to bringing a 12-year-old or 14-year-old dog because his three-year term on the rabies well, vaccine is up? let's say a dog that's already had probably three rabies yeah, vaccines Yeah, let's say you know, he's, gone, <laughs> he's 10 years old, he's had three of them already, and now he's you know 13 and he's got to come in for his fourth vaccine. Do you recommend that that dog get, get shot? Uh from a legal standpoint, it must get shots. One of the things that we're looking at right now, and... and uh, what about on a personal a standpoint? Study, we have a study going, uh, which is called the Rabies Challenge Fund. And what we happen to be looking at right now, uh, and we've been into this study now for about four years, 
we're going to try and demonstrate whether or not the rabies vaccine will have a minimum of five years duration of immunity and if that's the case we then will look uh, two years beyond that to see whether or not we would have seven years duration of immunity for rabies so we've got those studies in progress right now they're not completed we don't know the answer um, one of the things that you've got to understand it I've already said that we have seven years duration of immunity for distemper parvo and mm-hmm. adeno. And mm-hmm. I started those studies actually way back in the 1970s when I was on the faculty at Cornell. And so we know that for distemper parvo and adeno, we have that long duration of immunity. But those vaccines happen to be what are referred to as infectious vaccines or modified live. And we know, for example, that measles, mumps, and rubella in children, when the child gets those vaccines prior to going to school, we know that they last for the life of a human being. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the immune system for a human being, its average life is 75 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the the dog, it's the average lifespan of the dog. We don't know that for rabies, and rabies happens to be a non-infectious vaccine, a so-called killed vaccine Mm -hmm. that requires adjuvants, and adjuvants are nonspecific stimulants of the immune response. In general, the live vaccines, like the core vaccines, are more likely to give a longer duration of immunity than the killed or non uh, infectious vaccines, if this, and that's Dr. why Schultz, we're doing that study right now. If the science, uh, at least for the core vaccines, uh, n- not talking about rabies, the science has been out there, as you say, in the 70s, uh, you know, you were doing immune, immunity that's research. That's when I started the studies. Right. Yes. Um, the science has been there for a long time that duration lasts a lot longer than what the guidelines are recommending. Why, why is it that it takes so long for them to be adopted into and, the protocol. And protocols. how do they come up these, with these numbers, the three years, whatever, four years, without really serious scientific research? That's, that's the way you have to come up with the numbers, is to do the, the research. And uh, No, it's numbers it, first, then research, or is it research first, then numbers? Generally, it's numbers first, and then research. Right. Uh, that's the way it has been uh, in medicine for... Uh, hundreds uh, of years. It's the numbers first. You've got to come up with some idea of how often you're going to do something, uh, and then it takes time for the research to get done. Look at rabies. It was one of the first vaccines ever developed by uh, Pasteur, uh, and uh, we're just now uh, really doing the studies to demonstrate how long an animal actually will have uh, immunity. Now, what we have to keep in mind there is that the studies that are done uh, may not apply to all animals, just like uh, most animals will not develop an adverse reaction from vaccines, but some will. And one of the important things that every dog and cat owner should know uh, about uh, those adverse reactions is genetics of the animal Mm -hmm. plays a very important role. So when we're talking about an adverse reaction dominating too often, many animals too often would not even be annually if you're trying to correlate that too often with an adverse reaction. But for other animals, annual revaccination is too often because it's not necessary. And my goal is actually to uh, really make sure that all animals are given the core vaccines. And believe it or not, in the United States where we vaccinate more puppies and kittens than almost anywhere in the world except for a few Western European countries where they vaccinate as many animals as we do, I estimate that only 50% of all puppies ever receive the core vaccine, and only 25% 
of kittens receive the core vaccines. And one of my goals is to get a larger percentage of puppies and kittens vaccinated at least once in their life. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you on that. But the, the, but and how, I mean, everybody gets everybody gets the rabies vaccine, right? I mean, you can't you can't have an animal without well, believe, rabies. <clears throat> believe it or not, they don't. Those fifty percent of puppies that don't get distemper parvovirus adeno do not get rabies. Hmm. So we have a large percentage of dogs that are out there, and the reason that they don't get the rabies vaccine or any other, is because they never see a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. If the the puppy or kitten ever saw a veterinarian, then that veterinarian would make sure that they at least have the core vaccines. And when I say at the right age, if we would give the core vaccines to a puppy or a kitten at 16 weeks of age or older, they have gone beyond the period of time when that maternally derived antibody that John talked about can interfere with vaccination. Mm, Okay. And that one dose, at least of the uh, modified live vaccines, will provide a very long duration of immunity. Maybe for the life, right? I mean, it's it's, it's a great thing to do for your pet. And there are ways that pet owners can, uh, can can uh, judge the level of immunity for certain diseases, right? Yes, John <clears throat> John mentioned about uh, titers, and titers do correlate with immunity to distemper, parvo, adeno, and rabies. But one of the things I want to let dog owners know, because there's a lot of confusion about this, the law, legally, you cannot use rabies titers in lieu of vaccination or revaccination. So by law, both dogs and cats, now uh, some states do not require vaccination of cats, but we recommend rabies mm-hmm. vaccine as a core right, vaccine, right. Yeah. both in the cat and the dog. I mean, right. people so can't, there's, use there's nothing, right, there's nothing preventing it, yeah. people from titering their dogs for rabies, right. but of course they still, by law, they, would still be must, required to give it, the rabies it, vaccine, and exactly. that's an important thing. Uh, and hopefully um, that'll be changing as the science is there to support it, yeah, and the rabies challenge fund is part of that. Well, um, we hope to be able to use uh, titers, uh, especially for... Uh, dogs and cats that have had an adverse reaction. Absolutely. Titers, of mm-hmm. course, are used, and, and we we can tell people whether they and uh, certain people get rabies vaccines. All veterinarians, for example, get rabies vaccines and other high-risk people. We uh, Dr. actually Schultz? do titers for uh, veterinarians. Yeah, it's Dr. a great, Schultz, it's a great practice hate... to do. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Schultz. We really appreciate you being with us this morning. We have lots of resources uh, of yours available on our uh, website, the Radio Hour page, and uh, we look forward to having you back another time. Thank you and very following much. Your well, thank you so much thank for you. the invitation. Thank, thank you, you, Dr. Schultz. Talk to you soon. Hi, this is Alex. And Brenda. From the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour with a special message for you, WABC listeners. Our charity, the Buddy Fund, has saved over 50,000 dogs from being killed, placing them in loving homes across the country. Through our program, Dogs in Danger, we give a voice to the voiceless and raise awareness about issues and indiscretions in the animal community that would otherwise go unnoticed. However, as a charity, we are dependent on donations from listeners like you to keep the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour alive on WABC Radio. We ask that you please look into your hearts. And if you support our cause and want to continue help us make a difference, please log on to dogsindanger.com and make a donation to the Buddy Fund. Any amount you can spare would go a long way in helping keep animals out of kill shelters and informative programming on the air. It's up to listeners like you to help make the difference in the life of a furry little friend. So please log on to dogsindanger.com and make a difference. One day, the world will be a better place for animals. Spaying and neutering will be the rule, and adoption will be everyone's first choice. Animals will no longer be destroyed because they're unwanted or imperfect. Shelters will have the knowledge and resources to rehabilitate special needs animals and find the right family for every pet. It may sound like a dream, but it's actually a mission. It's the mission of Best Friends Animal Society, and we hope that you'll join us. Visit bestfriends.org. Together, we can create a world with no more homeless pets. 
the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. Honest talk, even when it bites, on 77 WABC. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Wow, what an interesting discussion. Yeah. You know, you'd never know, Brenda, you'd never know that your dog, uh, all of the vaccinations that they're recommending, are most of them are unnecessary. Well, that's that, a that's a path I went down about ten years ago when I got my first uh, my first dogs, and so um, you know it's been it's been a journey for me. But I have to say, you know, the number of people who the number of pet owners who don't know still shocks me that there are so mm-hmm. many people now trying to get the message out that annual vaccination and, vaccinations and an older, are bad for animals. And an older dog, from what I understand, older dogs being vaccinated, especially especially the legally required um, the uh, the, uh, rabies. The, the rabies vaccine, the legally required rabies vaccine. I mean, can be quite detrimental. Yeah, it could possibly end up killing your dog. Yeah, and the law gives you no choice. And gives the you science, no choice. Yeah, the science doesn't really support that. So, so make your own decision, people out there with a dog that they absolutely love and adore, like I do. Make your own decisions before you put well, the needle need in to the be dog. Proactive and be proactive. Educate, and educate themselves. Look at the Dogs in Danger website. There's some tremendous amount of research great that we research. did on this. And before you put Stuff that needle into the dog. Stuff that's been accumulated over yeah. a decade. So. <laughs> Get educated. Uh, who do you have? You have a dog for us, don't you? Yes, we do. Today's dog of the day from the Dogs in Danger website is Mark, who's a beagle mix, a six-month-old beagle mix, Greenville County Animal Care Services in Greenville, South Carolina. And he's five months old. He's a little thing, fifteen pounds. You have to. No, he looks. Let he's, me see. he's a beagle. He's got. He's got like the the face of a lab and the body of a beagle. These short little legs. He's just the cutest little he's thing. Fifteen pounds. I yeah. mean, that's smaller he's than little. Buddy. He's very small. Very. They say he's friendly. He appears to be healthy. Uh, the shelter is out of space. His time is limited. Um, three. He has three days left. Where is he in South Carolina? South Carolina. And now, they do have and this is on our website. You can go to dogsandanger.com, search South Carolina, you'll find find Mark. You can go to the radio hour page, find it there. Call us, call the studio. If you can help, find a way to get and in touch with us. And they will help you transport the dog to New York. A lot of these shelters have um, volunteer transport services or they will help you coordinate transport. There's all kinds of transport services um, it's, to, to get animals. It's worth it. It's worth it because save it'll change life. your life. Gain a buddy, save a life. Yeah, that's what we say, gain a buddy. It's kind of a cute tagline. I'd like to get that. Yeah. So um, so this was this was really, it was a very uh, enlightening show. I think there are a lot of people that are going to be surprised out there that, you know, vaccines are not benign things. They can, you know, more is not always better. And there's certain things well, that you, you know, have the, to the, do. The problem is people have to be educated by it because right. you do have the economic um, you know, necessity. Mm-hmm. Well, not just it, but the necessity. The doctor has to stay in business. So if you don't take your dog in for an annual checkup, that guy has no income. So he, now well, he's going to send you. Well, it's not that they have you, no income. They have other sources of income, but it's a, yeah, it's but a it's big a one big they don't want to give Okay. Yeah. So they're going to then, they're not, what the doctor is going to do is he's going to send you a little thing that says, don't, you know, you need to immunize your dog. Instead of saying, come in for an and annual like checkup. And it's like Dr. Schultz said that, you know, the mistake that was made in the veterinary community a long time ago was tying those two things together. And, uh, and and it's unfortunate because it's very right. important to take animals in for wellness exams. To exactly, a veterinarian. exactly. It has nothing to do with having to right. give them well, think, seven think, in one shot every single right. year. I think the way it ended up is because I think the, the, the veterinarians being good people initially started by sending out you know messages that said, come in for your annual visit and nobody came. So then they send out messages saying you need yeah. a booster shot right. and suddenly people showed up. So they said, look, I got to do what I got to do. You know, More resources on the dogsandanger.com website. We'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. With another lively topic. Exactly. As we said, rumors of our demise have been much exaggerated. (laughs) This is Alex and Brenda saying bye from our studios in New York.